Welcome to episode number 62 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where helping academics and experts change the world through online business. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about what questions to include in your post-event survey. And this is part six in a multi-part series on marketing your online conference. This multi-part series has spanned over the last several months as part of the Grab Blogger podcast, and we've covered it this series in different episodes. So in episode 44, we talked about getting your sales sequence right. In episode 45, we talked about how to market to your newsletter. In episode 58, we talked about reviewing of our newsletter marketing analytics after the event, what were our click rates, what were open rates, how many sales do we actually make for the conference that we ran at dustsafetyscience.com, which was a digital dust safety conference. In episode 59, we talked about reviewing our other marketing channels, including website capture, LinkedIn videos, and press releases and media partnerships. In the previous episode of the podcast, episode 61, we talked about how to deliver your online conference. So what should your team look like the day of the conference or days of the conference? What should it look like when you run your event? And how do you go about doing that? What standard operating procedures do you need? What kind of checklist do you need? We covered that all in the previous episode. So if you're just tuning in, this is the first one of these you've listened to. They are really a documentation of the journey we had at my other business, which is dustsafetyscience.com running the Digital Dust Safety Conference in 2020. So everything from trying to make our first ticket sales with direct email, I sent 100 emails myself, we made 50 sales, to revamping and redoing the whole marketing sequence, coming up with four marketing channels and really doubling down on those with eight weeks left of the conference. And we had about 50 people registered eight weeks out, and we ended up with over 225 people registered for the event, almost 250 from 20 countries and across 12 different time zones We've been documenting this through this Marketing Your Online Conference series. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about why it's important to run a post-event survey. We're going to talk about what actual questions did we ask? What did the results look like for DDSC 2020? And what else might you consider that we didn't actually include in our post-event survey? As always, you can download the transcripts of this episode at grabblogger.com slash 62, which you can do at any of the podcast episodes by typing in grabblogger.com and slash the episode number. And there you can get a nice PDF transcript of the this episode. And the team will also put together the actual survey that we sent out to our event attendees for the Digital Dust Safety Conference. So our eight-question survey, and the purpose of this survey was to understand how was the event perceived by the audience? Did they enjoy it? What did they like? What didn't they like? What they enjoyed the most? And also to collect information from the audience. We call these customer insights. So we can use these then in future events, running the same conference or different conferences in our content planning and our products and services and the different business divisions that we're building out at Dust Safety Science. That was another main goal of the post-event survey that we ran for the end of our conference. And you'll see how that kind of fits in in this episode that we're talking about today. So there's a couple of reasons why it's important to run a post-event survey. The first one is that it gives you just another last touch point with your audience. So you had touch points leading up, you did the sales, they attended the event, you interacted there, you had a great time. It's good just to have this follow-up point of contact. And you know, in the email you send them, you could have links back to your website or links to other products and that sort of stuff, which is all great, but it's really just about making one last connection point. And even in this last email I sent, I probably got 12, maybe a dozen responses from people just replying back and saying, hey, yeah, Chris, that was an amazing conference, really enjoyed this, and we filled out your survey. So it is just one more touch point with your audience, not just leaving them off, you know, on the last day, leaving the event and then, you know, never talking to them again until you ask them to come to the event again next year. Second reason is it gives you feedback in your event 
went and also gives you an idea of areas for improvement if you look to run the event again. It also gives you an idea if they want to attend similar events if you ran one in the future. And you'll see in our questions, we actually include that. Would you attend a similar event if we ran one next year? And this gives us an idea, the numbers that we could expect for the events next year. The last reason that's important to run a post-event survey is, again, it gives you insights about your customers. If you structure it the right way, you're able to collect what their challenges are, what they might want further training on, what was missing from the conference. These are all ideas that you can use to create products and services in the future for your business. So in our case, everyone that attended the conference got six months access to the Dust Safety Academy, which is our training platform. We run monthly live training sessions and monthly Ask Me Anything sessions in there. There's a community forum. There's a, you know, an area for people to collect and communicate in that, uh, in that membership. And that was the platform that we built the conference in. And then we also have that now as a reoccurring membership platform where people can register, they can get access to replays of the conference. But we also have that you know, pre-populated with these 200 and almost 50 people that attended the conference. And the things that we're addressing are the challenges and things that they identified from this survey that we ran after the conference. So it's really them saying the event was awesome. These are things I'd like to do more of. And then us actually giving them, this is what you said you wanted more of. You know, These are trainings we're going to give you over the next six months. So a question I get a lot is, what tools should you use to run your event survey? We just use SurveyMonkey. They have both free and paid versions. I think we used the free version for the post-event survey because we only had around 50 or 60 responses. We actually used SurveyMonkey for a survey before the event, and we covered this in the previous podcast episodes in the series to figure out what people wanted from the event itself, what topics should be included. I think we had to go with a paid version of SurveyMonkey for that because we had, I think, over 100 responses. So in terms of what questions to put in your survey, we did an eight-part survey. Again, the goal was to find out, A, how we did, B, how many people might attend a similar event next year, and C, to generate these insights about our customers that we could use then in the further services and products and memberships that we're developing at dustsafetyscience.com. So the first question was, how likely is it that you would recommend this event to a friend or a colleague? This is following the Net Promoter Score system. This was something that was available in SurveyMonkey as a default option to rank an event. So I thought we'd give it a try. So it's kind of interesting, this Net Promoter Score. The rankings are 9 to 10 are called promoters. These are people that would you know promote. They would heavily recommend it to an event or recommend it to a friend or a colleague. Seven or eight are passive, and zero to six are detractors. And then this goes into actually calculating your net promoter score, which is a ranking from negative 100 to 100. I'm not sure how it's calculated, but uh, above zero is considered good, above 50 is considered excellent, and above 70 is considered world-class in delivering a customer-centric focused event or product or service. So the second question or survey was, how organized was the event? And this was multiple choice. And we had rankings as extremely organized, very organized, somewhat organized, not so organized, and not at all organized. This goes back to the the last episode, episode 61, where I said it was really complicated to run the event. And it felt very hard and very kind of scary while we were running it. But from the outside, it was like a duck on water. So you see this duck, it's sitting there all calm, but it's little feet, if you were looking under the water, is like going crazy. I felt like that's how it was for the event. So I really wanted to know how did people perceive the event was it organized? Did they enjoy the way it was laid out? And I want to include that right in the survey as well. The third question of the survey was the event too long, too short, or about right? This is a multiple choice again, with just too long, too short, and about right. 
This was really because we had a four-day conference with 52 presentations, um, eight-hour days. I just want to see if that was too much for people. So I want to include something about was the length right? Should we make it longer? Should we make it shorter for next year's event if we have one? Question four and question five are free field entry, just open questions. Question four is what did you like about the event? Question five is what did you dislike about the event? So this is just really digging in and we, we copy all these responses into a Google Sheet, categorize them into themes, and then we'll use that to run the event next year if we're going to have it or even future events that we run as well. So these first five questions are all really around just evaluating. How did we do? How was the conference? How did people find it? Did they enjoy the event overall? What did they like? What did they dislike? Then we moved into the other kind of answers we want to get from the survey. So question six was, are you likely to participate in a similar event next year? It's multiple choice with yes, no, and not sure as being the, the possible options. And this question is really engaging, all around engaging. If we do run an event next year, how likely is it to be a success from sales perspective? Question number seven was, what is your biggest challenge in industrial safety and industries handling combustible dust? So this was the specific you know, topic of the conference. This was what the four days was all about. So I want to know what challenges are they experiencing in this topic. That way we can use that in our Dust Safety Academy and our trainings moving forward. And then question number eight was similar, so not what challenges are you experiencing, but what would you like more training on through the Dust Safety Academy platform? So we're writing about this your own event. Question seven be, what is the biggest challenge in your field or in your niche or in your area? And then question number eight would be, what would you like more training on through your blog or through your platform or your membership community, whatever the platform is that you have that you can provide this sort of training for? Again, these questions are free form. They're open field questions. In order to start to gather insights about your customers, what do they need help with? What would they be willing to pay for if you started creating material in that area, creating products and services in that area today? So that is the eight-question survey I recommend you send out after your event. I'm going to go through the survey results for our conference. Um, some interesting things that came out that might be useful for you when you're running your online event. Plus, it can also give you an idea you know, what you might expect after running an online event. So we sent the survey out to everyone who attended, almost 250 people, and we had 58 or 59 responses, depending on the question. So that's pretty outcome. 20% of the people respond to the survey. And question number one, how likely is it that you would recommend this event to a friend or a colleague? 66% of the respondents ranked that a 9 or a 10. 31% ranked it a 7 or an 8. And 3% were in this range of, they call it the tractors, from 0 to 6. So this gave us a net promoter score of 62, which is really good. Again, uh, anything above 0 for net promoter score is good. Anything above 50 is excellent. And any bu- anything above 70 is uh, considered, and I'm putting in air quotes here, world-class in terms of being customer-centric, whatever that means. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, in terms of the net promoter score, we did pretty good, which suggests that uh, people enjoyed the event. On question number two, how organized was the event? 49% of the respondents said extremely organized, 50% said very organized, and 1% said somewhat organized. So nobody, even though it felt like at the time we were like chickens with their head cut off trying to just deliver this thing. Nobody even ranked it badly. <laughs> um, and most people thought it was extremely organized. And we actually had some feedback after the conference I mentioned in the last episode that said this was better than any live events people had seen. We stayed on time. None of the presentations dropped out. All the videos worked. None of the internet connections were patchy. It was just really a, a well-delivered event, even being an online conference. 
terms of the event survey or the event length, was it too long, too short, or just about right? This is one I was worried about because it was a long conference. It was four days of eight-hour days, 52 presentations. And we did get some people saying it was too long. We had 27% say it was too long, but 70% said it was about right. And I'm not even sure how, but 3% said it was too short. Not sure what that means. I can't imagine anybody wanting to sit in front of their computer for more than four days, but we did have people say that. So it's kind of interesting because I was going to try to short it for next year. We still might do it logistically because it's quite hard to run such a big event. But in terms of the audience feedback, 70% said it was the right length for the conference overall. Question number four is, are you likely to participate in a similar event next year? So this was the big one for me. This is the one saying, okay, well, should I even run this thing next year? We talked about the revenue numbers from the conference in previous episodes. So this is a big revenue generator. And I want to know, is this something we should you know, consider and have on the books for next year as a, you know, a likely or probable revenue source? So in the survey response, 88% of people said yes. They would attend a similar event next year. And 12% said they're not sure. 0% of the 59 replied no. So that was really interesting. So at least, you know, this wasn't everyone who attended, obviously. And it's probably likely that the people that filled the survey were probably the best audience that we had as well. So maybe there's people out of the other people that didn't reply to the survey that wouldn't attend. But this is a, a fantastic result for us, suggesting that, yes, we will run another event next year. and has a very high chance of being successful. So after that, we got into the free forum questions. So we had four of these. What did you like about the event? What did you dislike? What was your biggest challenge? in um, industrial safety and industries handling combustible dust? And what would you like more training on through the Dust Safety Academy platform? In terms of what people liked, the quality of the presentations was the highest. 27 out of 59 responses were focused in different ways about the quality of the presentations and the schedule and the program that we put together. And this kind of goes hand in hand with this thought that the length was just about right as well. People liked the length and they also liked the program. Access to replays and slide downloads a lot of people responded positively to this. Every presentation we did the replay and had that available, you know, within an hour of the the presentation being completed. We also got all the speakers to provide their slides. So we create a PDF of them, have them as a download. People want this. They're gonna ask for it and they were really happy to have it at this event. And the last kind of group here was all around format, the mix of speakers, the topic organization, coming up with a strong format that walks people through your topic from Maybe, you know, beginner topics on day one to intermediate to more advanced or general, more broad through to being more specific as the conference goes along really goes a long way to kind of take people through the journey and almost have like a learning course that they go through over multiple days. So it's not all sunshine and roses. We did have the question, what did you dislike about the event? The biggest complaint here was timing. Not enough breaks. People were complaining that they were in, in, you know, time zones that where it ran at night can't really help this running an online conference. You got to run it at some time. So it's going to be night somewhere in the world. And since we had 12 different time zones, that was going to happen. Um, but also not a lot, not enough Q&A was a big feedback as well. So because we were only running 25-minute technical sessions and 55-minute keynotes, that didn't leave a lot of time for questions. And my thought was that we would carry the questions over to the community forum, which people did do, but they'd rather have those questions um, live and interacting during the presentation. So there's some feedback that we'll definitely include next year, include some more breaks, and also include more time for Q&A. There were some complaints about redundancy. Some of the speakers repeated themselves or actually repeated the what the other speakers said sort of in their introductions of their presentations. 
This was something that I really, really tried to tell the speakers not to do. As I talked about in the last episode, I ran the keynotes for the morning keynotes for every day. So I kind of gave the broad scoping, this is all the things you need to know to understand what's going to happen today. I tried to get the speakers then not to recap the general, but just jump right into their, their technical topics. Some of the speakers didn't listen to this, and that came as back as negative feedback. But people were you know, repeating the same basic understanding concepts or fundamental or like, you know, first things you need to know before you can understand the, the presentation. Having that repeated every presentation is kind of annoying. In our industry, we have the dust explosion Pentagon, which is the five requirements to have a dust explosion. And a lot of time when you go to a live event or another conference, you'll see that same Pentagon at the start of every presentation. If you're, you know, into your fourth day of the conference, you probably don't need to repeat the stuff that is the basic and beginner stuff. You can probably jump right into your topic. There were some complaints around the technology. Because we had Zoom meetings set up for every presentation, people had to actually enter their email every time they went to a new presentation, which wasn't too bad at first. But you can imagine after doing 52 presentations in four days, people were getting kind of frustrated. Like, why do I have to click and enter my email again for the 48th time and the 49th time? Um, there's nothing we do after we ran the thing, and still there's not really much we could have done today. But having an option where they didn't have to e- enter their email each time might have been a better way to go. And it was interesting, we got a number of people saying nothing, almost nothing, nothing major that they disliked. Um, eight of the 59 people said this in their in their responses. So in the last two questions were around, what is the biggest challenge that the people are having and what do they want more training for? This was really interesting. This is like the gold mine for us. So a lot of people talking about specific industries that they are working in and that they like more information on, specific equipment, challenges working across multiple countries, and that they want more case studies than others. But those were the, the four of the major groups that things fit under. And even in terms of industries, you know, there were six or seven specific industries that were mentioned. This is great because this is exactly the material that we can create future training on inside the Dust Safety Academy. Industry one, industry two, industry three, piece of equipment number one, piece of equipment number two, piece of equipment number three, how to deal with regulations in these different countries. These are all excellent topics for us to know about, to have these insights about our customers, to be able to then provide that training at a later date or even at the conference next year. So all these things are really going into planning the content for dustsafetyscience.com, the training within the Dust Safety Academy platform. It's really important to get these customer insights out of your post-event survey It's almost a vanity metric knowing that people would come next year, but it's really nice to know that as well. But then getting these insights from your customers is a really big thing to get your post-event survey. So that's it for the results from our post-event survey. Before we close out, I just want to mention a couple other things you might consider that we didn't do in our survey that might be a good additions when you're running your post-event survey. So one is the question, what other events have you attended in the last 12 months? How do you like them? This is really great for research purposes. So you can go see, okay, we'll even follow up with them and say, what did you like about those events? And that way it gives you an idea. You can go look at those events and see what could you take from those and include in your event next year. But it also gives you an idea of what are people paying for in your space. And then again, it's about learning and doing research to see how can you learn from that for your own products and your own event and your own conference. Another question you could include right in your post-event survey is a request for testimonials. Just have them enter, you know, two sentences about how they enjoyed the event or that they liked it or whatever. And you actually use those testimonials on your sales page for your future events. For our case, I actually followed up with people that I knew really enjoyed it directly and got testimonials that way. But you want to make sure you're getting testimonials from your event that you can use in your sales page next time. 
And question number three or third thing that you might consider, option number three, I guess, is around sales. So instead of asking people if they would attend the event next year, you could just ask them to buy a ticket. You know, you could give them a discount and say, well, we're going to host this event next year. We're giving a 40% discount to anyone that buys today. Will you buy? And that's a great way to kind of lock them in for the next year. This is good for a couple of ways to get some more revenue out of the event. Um, it does lock you in. You have to then deliver it next year. Um, but if you know it's something that you're going to deliver anyway, then it's a great place to sell those tickets. It's also a great way, you know, you extend your sales today. But then that's something you can use to sell for the entire next year. So you can imagine if we sold, say, 30 or 40 tickets to the conference, the 2021 conference, we can start, you know, the month after that, start promoting and saying, you can buy your early, your extra early bird tickets or your pre-event tickets to the conference. 40 people are already attending and it shows some of that community support or that people are actually believing the conference before you even open the doors, before you've even done anything to organize the next conference. So it's a great way then to start getting those sales and get that uh, social proof right from the very start, plus gets a little bit more revenue from the conference that you're running this year. So that's it. Those are a couple ideas, things that you could add to your post-event survey. That's it for this episode of the podcast. We covered why is it important to run a post-event survey? What questions should you be asking in your survey? What do the results look like for the Digital Dust Safety Conference 2020? And also a couple other things you might consider around wrapping up your event. And that's it for this episode of the podcast. I believe that's also it for this series on marketing your online conference. Again, episode 44, we covered getting your sales sequence right. 45, we talked about how to market to your newsletter. 58, we talked about reviewing our newsletter marketing analytics. That was our biggest sales channel for the conference. I think we made 70 or 80 of the sales directly from our newsletter. In that episode, we actually gave away our eight-week 10-email sequence we gave away in that podcast episode. 59, we talked about other marketing channels, including website capture, LinkedIn videos, press releases, and media partnerships both successes and failures there. Episode 61, we talked about how to actually deliver your online conference. This is the last one, this whole series, what questions to include in your post-event survey. So if you have any other questions about running your online conference or even about your online business, you know, being an expert or being an academic and running an online business, you can go to grablar.com slash ask, A-S-K, and you can ask them there. We'll actually email you back or we'll even include that and feature it as a question on the podcast which we've done in the past, and answer it right here. You can also give me an email at chris at grablar.com. Reach out to Grablar on Twitter, Instagram, and other social media channels. As always, you can get a, a transcript, again, of this podcast episode at grablar.com slash 62. If you want a cheat sheet with the eight questions that we ran in our survey, you can get that at that show notes page as well. And download this one-page PDF that you can then use for your event. So that's it for this week's podcast. I'm looking forward to continue to bring you information and experience and expertise and tools and strategy and tips that you can use to build your online business as an expert, as a researcher, as an academic in your field and make big change in the world. Mm-hmm.